Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hey you, hey me, and David makes three. Boy, do we have a special treat in store for you. Tonight, tonight, at 7 p.m. Central, we've got our after-school election special. Yes! David, Dr. Jake Jacobs, Alex Newman, and me, Amoa. We'll be discussing everything that went down within the last 24 hours. I have uh -huh. no sleep. I'm tired, and don't worry. I'll be there for you. Uh, we're going to talk about what it means for the next two years and 2024. Mm -hmm. So please join us tonight in just a little bit of time at 7 p.m. Central. Yep. Speaking of the election tomorrow night, Dr. J, Jake Jacobs, will be wrapping up his new series on a brief history of American political parties. Part four focuses on the Republican fight for civil rights and American prosperity. Definitely don't want to miss that one. If you haven't been able to catch the first three parts, simply download our Freedom Project Media app to begin watching. All right, but for right now, we're going to talk about a father and a pastor who in North Carolina, he brings the wrath. All right, he lectured a school board on their failure to protect children from evil while being perfectly content to watch them all be just dumbed down. David, I know this is a story that, oh, man. that makes you just say, say amen. Shout amen, there actually. Exclamation points, bold, underline, boom, is my reaction. When I saw that video, man, I was really fired up. So... A conservative, they're calling him an activist, right? Uh, a pastor and father in North Carolina is going viral. This video is amazing. You're going to see it in a minute. After torching a woke school board's equity initiative during a meeting earlier this month and his remarks before the Wake County School Board. I, I'm going to try to get his name from the video. It's John Amanchukwu. So he slammed the officials for worrying about a diversity office when achievement numbers for black students in particular in core subjects there were abysmal. Watch this and get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. Luke chapter 17 and 2 says, It is better for a person to have a millstone tied around their neck and to be thrown into the sea than for anyone to harm or damage a child. The reality is this, God is going to judge every last one of you for decisions that are made on behalf of children. You know, this past year we spent $1 million on a diversity office. And how did that benefit black children? How did it benefit children in general? Well, 78% of third through eighth grade black students are not proficient in math in Wake County. We're wasting taxpayer dollars putting money towards this diversity office that's not benefiting those who need it the most. 66% of third through eighth grade students are not proficient in reading. Black students, they're not reading on grade level. They're not performing mathematically and they're not going to be able to get jobs in the fields like STEM. 
but we're wasting money on a diversity, equity, and inclusion office while we are failing black students in the name of diversity. There it is, Katie. DEI, or as you sometimes say, die. Die. Uh, I feel like Amen, I'm sitting. Brother. God uh, bless him. I, I feel like I'm sitting on the church pew right now. Yeah. That's a Sunday sermon. And I like how he started, because that's how he, he started his entire speech, was putting it back onto those uh, members of the school board by mm -hmm. saying, guess what? This is on you. This is on you. God knows. Yep. So can you honestly, when your day comes, Face the Lord, and uh, are you, what's that millstone? Yeah. What's, what's tied would around your neck there? It would be worse for you, mm -hmm. uh, he said, if a millstone were hung ar around your neck and you were thrown into the sea, then you would cause one of these little ones to sin or to stumble. I actually quoted that same verse. If you watch my Christ and Culture this week, here's a little shameless plug. I'm talking about the mainstreaming of drag and queering America with this demonic drag queen story hour. But we're talking here about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We, I don't know how many times we've used those words, Katie, I am tired of. In fact, we in the last, was it yesterday or just earlier, we're talking about this church, the denomination of Pennsylvania, not Pennsylvania, Presbyterian Church, um, worried about inclusion. So they're changing some of their, they're worried about their stats, right? Who's actually coming to their churches? You know what? Once we start worried about words like inclusion and we redefine that word, you're going to go all the way in a different direction than what you actually should be doing. And in this case, educating all students. And you can tell by the show we did last week where test scores are abysmal abysmal aren't they? that's right so and he's a, a father and a pastor so obviously he's well spoken yeah the fact that he is able to very calmly read you the statistics of how bad our students are doing but hey he had more to say about how they're grooming our children as well mm-hmm and as we talk about inclusion and making sure that the trans student feels comfortable and the queer student feels comfortable, what does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? As we are, in, oh, as we, as we are teaching cultural Marxism and grooming children to be the next pervert, we are damaging our kids in this public school system, and it needs to stop. Perfect timing, by the way. Um, so is he being provocative by saying we are grooming <gasps> some of these young children to be the next pervert? I mean, you know what's happening in our culture. You know what Hollywood is promoting. You know what the corporations are promoting, what the Democrat Party is, you know, promoting. So, Katie, is he is that word pervert? Is that too strong a word here? Uh, you're not al allowed to say many a words depending on what the as he said the woke county he went from wake wake county, county to woke, woke county. county so who knows what you're allowed to say <laughs> anymore well anyway still to come we have a doctor at a gender clinic in philadelphia talking about perverts uh who actually says that age is just a number right and she defends cutting off the healthy breasts of children as young as oh she's 14 why not right stay with us if you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. 
Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. You guys, age is just a number. You know that. We knew it. We saw this coming more than a mile away. Uh, the slippery slope that is of allowing identification uh, about basically whatever you want to be, whenever you want to be it. It was going to lead to someone claiming that age is irrelevant. That has nothing to do with anything. And so that means our children will be treated as adults if they so choose. And now we have a doctor, a doctor, who is saying that age is just a number when when we're talking about, you know, giving sex changing surgery body Ugh. part mutilation surgeries we like to call it around mm -hmm. here uh to our children because you know age is just a number it doesn't, doesn't even matter well we have video that just resurfaced from actually back in 2020 <laughs> i shiver when i <laughs> say the year 2020 um it was at a medical review board by the pennsylvania house of representatives and it was uh hearing evidence about trans care for minors we have dr nadia Dauschen, who's the co-director of the gender and sexuality development clinic who suggested that a child's maturity was more important than actual age take a look what would be the youngest that you would have referred a patient for either of those surgeries um, so for for top surgery, um, we have referred, um, you know, and again, we don't recommend the surgery. This is based on um, over time working with a young person and their family and what decision seems right and developmentally appropriate for them, um, that they would be sometimes receiving um, a letter of support or a referral to a surgeon um, as young as age 14 is probably sometime between 14 and 15 is the youngest. But again, like I said, the majority are happening closer um, to 18, uh, be more between 16 to 18. Um, and again, I think it's really important to remember that age is a number, um, but as an adolescent medicine and developmental specialist, we know that um, where a child is cognitively and socially is more important than that um, exact number of their age. Mm, Did she yeah. say more important? important. And nowadays, because I'm getting older as well, the so-called experts, let's put them in air quotes, experts, um, aren't that expert anymore. So when we have someone like her, who's probably about my age, honestly, saying that, well, you know, you got to remember that age is just a number. It makes me think of what kind of education you were given to, to get that belief in you that, well... I mean, whatever she said, she was a developmental something expert in this and that because because age is just a number to her. This what? is this just shows me how depleted our overall education has been, even for for who she well, is. Well, even aside from education, what's the underlying reason or purpose that they're asking this question now? What does age really matter? I mean, 18, 16, 14. 12, 10, well, I mean, you're just going down another couple of years. What does age matter? Um, I could say so much right now, but NAMBLA, I don't know if any of you guys remember that organization. It's the uh, National, um, uh, National American Man-Boy Love Association, NAMBLA. 
And this is what they're trying to, they're trying to erase any barriers or restrictions when it comes to sexual contact or activity or relationship with people of different ages, adults and children. So we're treat, they want to treat children in a way as they would adults. So when you talk about these, what they're calling top surgeries, right? Why should that really matter? 14, I mean, yeah, thank you for putting this up there. The number of chest surgeries for transgender children, children jumped fivefold in three years. Just look at that graph. Katie, look at that graph. Will you look at that? Well, look at that line. <laughs> I mean, that's not really a, a kind of incremental thing. That just shoots up. It's almost and, exponential. And it's going to continue. It will continue because of the promotion of this as normal. They're normalizing this. And again, they're trying to erase age barriers, gender barriers, and yeah. Well, what, what David, could go wrong? this is because as adults, we need to treat our children as they're adults when it comes to talking about adult things. But when our children become adults, then we have to treat them back like children because they've decided to take out, you know, massive loans or, or they just can't do anything of like responsibility. But we must give them responsibility about, you know, whether or not they're going to have kids someday because apparently 14 year olds, they know all about that. The questions about fertility, these are important ones um, that we discuss with um, patients and families early on and often. Um, so we, we ha certainly have discussions prior to starting puberty blockers and prior to starting uh, gender-affirming hormones, testosterone or estrogen. You know, transgender um, youth in their families, just like everyone else, may, um, you know, are aware of the fact that there are other ways to build families beyond um, having a child biologically, right, that um, folks can can adopt as well. And many transgender um, children and adolescents are interested in having biological um, children, and many are not um, interested in having children at all or are interested in, um, in adopting. And this, my friends, is why society is doomed. We will have plenty of cats out there and plenty of dogs, but no more humans because they don't want to have children they because they physically, even if they decide, because yeah. at 14, I didn't want to have kids, but then by the time they, you know, even 10 years later, 24, 26, 28, 30, whatever, they physically can't have kids because of what they decided at 14 to cut off breast tissue and, and have bottom surgery. Bottom surgery too. is what I did, and all yeah. the hormones that got put in, but we still have their cats and their dogs. Yep. By the way, I made a mistake on the NAMBLA. It is North American Man-Boy Love Association. I just remembered that it's not National Association. It's North American Man-Boy mm. Love Association. So Thank age you. doesn't matter, though, right? But age doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, who cares? Uh, I'm just going to leave you with this little statistic here, David. Yep. Researchers from the University of California at Los Angeles' Williams Institute estimate that more than one in... 113 to 17 year olds now identify as transgender across the U.S. Among 18 to 24 year old, the rate drops to one in 200 individuals. I bet if you go a little bit older, it's going to drop even more and more. It's because they are getting our children now, and now they're getting them at lower and lower yep. ages. So get get ready for whatever's about to come. Mm -hmm. But when we come back, at least we're going to take a look at a new educational practice called looping. As one Texas teacher has decided to embrace the trend by sticking with the same students from kindergarten all the way through high school graduation. That's next. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. 
That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, educated. Support this show and a great American company. I'm always filled with questions. David? Yes. Would you want to have the same teacher for 13 years of school? No. Okay, well, I mean, homeschool First reaction, kids. I don't know. You homeschool kids probably do, are like you're well acquainted with this. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Uh, you know what it's like, but what if we had this for all schools? Okay. Mark Rogers, who we're going to talk about, was a calculus teacher, and now he's teaching kindergarten. Okay. What? Yeah, he's a teacher in the Austin, Texas area and an administrator at Meridian World School, it's a charter school north of Austin, asked him to move up from eighth grade to fill an empty ninth grade algebra position. And that's when he discovered what it would be like to teach the same students year after year. And he said the first day of teaching ninth grade was completely different, which makes sense because I mean, the first week, first couple weeks of school, the teacher's trying to learn all the names and, and get to know who are the kids, the personalities, mm -hmm. what makes them like tick kind of a thing. He said, mm -hmm. I knew everybody's name. I knew everybody's family situation. I knew how to differentiate for their needs. There was a classroom community that had already had 12 months to develop. So I was blown away. This is so much easier. This is the way teaching is supposed to be. Now, this teaching style is called looping. And I actually heard the term, interestingly, just this last week, after having read this story and I was like, whoa, now I see it everywhere. Looping. Uh, so it's a teaching style and in one data set from an Indiana uh, school or the whole state found that test scores had improved by using it. Now the study found that the practice of rematching the students with teachers over two years led to actual stronger classroom relationships, which in turn then led to a small but notable increase in math and reading scores. And as we know, any improvement in our math and reading scores would be helpful because our students can't do any of it. So looping should maybe not K through all senior year, but what if it was more like first, second, third grade, you had the same teacher and then maybe fourth, five, six. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I'm not arguing for or against it, but it's interesting to think about. Can I say that uh, just off the top, it seems like, well, that would be a very interesting way, you know, that the students can go up with the teacher, but because many teachers are radicals, they will have even more negative influence on your children to, to lead them all the way left in the social justice. They're going to basically develop social justice minions. Uh, so that is not a good thing. But this guy seemed very nice. Uh, he seemed yeah, it seems like a really nice guy there. Um, there are some teachers where I would say, yeah, that would be very beneficial for students it depends on the teacher, A. Um, and B, I think it wouldn't work in every school. Um, it also wouldn't work in every subject. Maybe some would be harder than others. But I do want to say we're very hard on teachers here, and rightly so. I come from a family of teachers, a mom, dad, both sisters, and uncle. Um, so today's teachers that we have been exposing on this show, educated, and how they're influencing on purpose young children this what is called looping would not be a good thing across the board katie no that's absolutely true that is that is very true and what's interesting is a teacher like this who appears to actually be a teacher yeah. um yeah 
and when he talked about his, the positives, because there are positives and there are negatives, he was able to say, hey, yeah, there are some good things that happened, but there were some struggles too. Obviously, the pushback and the, the negative that he saw immediately was on his end was having to learn all the new content. And so it does become a thing if you're going to have one teacher, especially at the upper grades, try to teach everything from biology then to That's algebra yeah. then to you know american history to like all the subjects it becomes way more complicated but hey if mom and dad can do it at homeschool then i think we can too that he, is a good point he did he did say that you know he because he was able to focus on like learning the new content and not learning the new students and trying to accommodate to what's going on there and and, and he already knew what was going on he just had to put had to put himself into the new content so that he could be the best teacher for hmm. them. So it's almost like, hmm, hmm, mom and dad, if you're a homeschool parent, you've been doing this. Yeah. Like you've been looping, yes. I guess, <laughs> this entire time. Kudos. So, so yes, to looping, mom yes. and dad teaching. That's what we homeschool. need. Mom and dad, homeschool. Let's do this. All right, well, uh, up next, we've got our top five Babylon Bee headlines. So don't buzz off, people. It's punny. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, before we wrap up the show today, let's take a look at everyone's favorite satire site, The Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. We picked our favorite headlines to see which one should be crowned queen of the hive. We start with Meet Gail, the one person who still thinks Democrats are doing a great job. <laughs> Next, Biden says it may take days for Democrat votes to be double counted. Next, Republicans and Democrats agree to not claim election was rigged if they win. Next, after ignoring attacks on churches and pro-lifers, media decides political violence worth covering again. And next, finally, Biden asks for COVID amnesty, Afghanistan pullout amnesty, gas prices amnesty, inflation amnesty, student loan amnesty, war with Russia amnesty, loot nuclear Armageddon amnesty, and weaponizing the FBI against political enemies amnesty. Oh, man, that was a long one, Katie. Your top pick out of those. By the end of you reading that, it sounded like you were saying namaste. Namaste. Namaste? No. Amnesty. Amnesty. And if you ask Joe Biden, amnesty. he won't know the difference between those anyway. So yeah. I'm going with that one because it's a common he ever it's a common he will be doing this for the next well mm -hmm, as long as he's around he will be asking for amnesty on everything well he already is being forgiven by most of the country just for being i don't know i'll let you fill in the blank but i like the one where biden says it may take days for democrat votes to be double, double counted so that was my favorite well, right there well, there it is if you that, need to he be said the quiet part out loud that is true double i counted. mean We've been told we have to be double jab, triple jab, so maybe it'll be triple, triple counted as well, or quadruple count. How yeah. many jabs? So that'll be how many counts for the I, vote. It all, it all synergy. It works together. That's a lot of jabbing. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Our that's going to wrap up our top headlines of the week. So more satire to come 
next time. All right. Once again, everybody, tonight is the night, as Rod Stewart would say. At 7 p.m. Central, we've Different got context, our... Yes, very much so. <laughs> we've got our after-school election special, and yes. we are going to be breaking down everything that happened last night, and none of us got sleep, so we can discuss for you, with you, what's in store for 2024. Please join us tonight, basically in just a little bit, at 7 p.m. Central. And also, please make sure to... Do a little double tap there on the uh, the like <laughs> button if you're watching us on social media and send us your feedback, maybe your predictions of what's going to happen in 2024 by visiting stayeducated.org. Now for David, for myself, thanks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.